Hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. I am Jason Napolitano, and on the line I have Mr. Chris Sheridan. What's going on, Chris? Uh, it's all going on. Uh, it's daylight savings. I guess we switched the clock, or it's not daylight savings. It's not daylight savings. Know. It's getting dark early, <laughs> too early. That's, yeah. that's all I know. That's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. I was like, dark too early. When I was, uh, I was looking at, it was like, thinking about eating dinner, it was like, I don't know, it was getting close to five, and it was already starting to get dark. I'm like, I guess it's winter. <laughs> it's, almost, yeah. it's, like, it's almost pitch black at five o'clock. Like, man, the days are short, so... Yep, so we're there. We're at that time. It's still warm, though. It was like it must have been 80 degrees here today. And it's, was it warm for you guys as well? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So any of you who are listening in places that are cold, welcome to winter. We're still lagging behind, but we'll be cold yeah, soon enough. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, you know as, as we've talked about a bunch of times off the show, but and you know as well because you've been here to, to Vegas during the winter. It actually gets surprisingly cold here during the winter. I don't think people realize that because most people come here during the summer. But, I mean, it you know, especially where we are, we're sort of next to the mountains. It, it actually gets pretty darn cold. So The desert can be deceiving. It can. Especially the high desert. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure, for sure. So we do get a bit of a change in the seasons. Uh, no, it's brisk. It's it's, it's a stiff. Brisk. It's, I'm not saying it's Chicago, no, no, but, but it for is. Las Vegas, it's pretty it, damn it's cold. Mentally, yeah. you think like well, it shouldn't be, but it. Well, that's yeah, the weirdest thing is because it's like it's it's cold. You know, it's cold relatively speaking, but it's actually pretty cold. You know, non-relatively speaking too. Yeah, it's cold. This cold, is kind yeah. of cold, cold. So you like go from <laughs> 85, and all of a sudden it's like you know. 40 degrees at night or something and it feels like you're in the arctic i mean honestly so uh you know that's it but enough of that so just yeah let's talk let's, about the let's weather talk about the weather for the rest of the rest of the show <laughs> yeah, we're sharing okay. little bits of our personal life and really isn't that what it's all about on, on, you know it sharing is. sharing and caring is what we're doing here at the cosmic eye show so thank you for joining us tonight we are actually going to get on with our subject uh, we appreciate you being here each week. Uh, we actually missed an episode last week. We did this show last week, and we had some technical difficulties, so we're doing it again. And I think it'll probably be quite a bit better, actually, because we've done it once already. So we had our rehearsal, and now this is the real thing. So, so there you go. Um, but we appreciate you showing up. We're at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye if you would like to give us uh, your support through there. Uh, we would appreciate that if you could do that. As you know, we don't have any commercials on the show or anything like that. So, you know, we support, we, we, we need our listener support to keep us going. So, so please, if you can give us a donation, it can be anything, you know, small from 99 cents a month or up to nine ninety nine. I think something uh, like that they have on there. Uh, so, you know, it's a reasonable, uh, a reasonable investment for uh, what I think is a, a, a nice bit of information that we're sharing with you guys to help your, your, you know, help you in your life. So today we are going to talk about the hero's journey, the hero's journey. And I imagine most of uh, the listeners are familiar with that. Uh, if you're not, you will be in a second because I'll explain what that means. Uh, we're drawing um, from two sources today, mainly. Uh, we're going to be following um, a book called The Writer's Journey uh, by Christopher Vogler, which is a sort of a simplified step-by-step uh, -step guide to understanding uh, the hero's journey uh, that's derived from Joseph Campbell's work, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, which is more or less the kind of Bible of this kind of study, as it were. He, he was the one to really write extensively on this idea of the hero's journey um, in, a popular, in a popular way. Uh, he drew from Jung and from Otto Rank and from Karenyi and some, some other sources uh, Adolf Bastian and so forth, uh, but he was really the first person to kind of identify identify this and call it the hero's journey specifically and lay out this step-by-step -step kind of plan, this sort of archetypal ideal or sort of wheel, whatever you want to call it, uh, that occurs in these, these steps in this journey. Uh, so basically what it is is, is this what he called a monomyth. So it's, it's a myth that's an archetypal representation, more or less of, of, of human life or, or the soul moving through, the, moving through its, its various phases. Um, and it's centered, around, it's centered around a hero, obviously. It's called the hero's journey. Uh, 
Um, and it is basic structure for many, many mythologies. Really, it's a universal structure that occurs in most mythologies in some way or another. Now, some, some mythologies in some places will emphasize one or more parts of this journey, uh, depending on the local culture and so on. But it holds true for, I've, I've never seen it not, let me just say that. And I've been studying uh, mythology for most of my life, and, and you have as well. And you, have you ever seen mythology that doesn't fit in, in some fashion or another? In some fashion, yeah. So these stories sometimes are told over and over yeah. again. Sometimes the popular part of the story, like uh, say something in the Old Testament, mm -hmm. Jonah. Oh, yeah, you know, he got swallowed up by a whale. It's like, well, that's true, but that's that's really part of it. It was a fish anyway, but uh, that's not really the point yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of of that um, book, no, uh, that exactly. story. Uh, so be careful when we talk about uh, this. Even Cinderella is not technically a Cinderella story. It's not a rags to riches. The larger myth started out a fall from nobility and... Uh, status um, then into this basement mm -hmm. <laughs> in this dark period that was the you know the drama and then it was a yeah, return yeah it was so it actually makes it hits it fits the hero's journey even yeah better. good point uh, when you see the larger part but you're right uh, whether it's biblical because these are all stories that are meant to teach us sure. something tell us something about ourselves our lives what it means to be human and how to live uh, in this world and treat each other as we go about it. So that's, you know, one of the things is the purpose of a myth, uh, but they do fight, and that's, I think, linked with the purpose of these uh, stories is this format, if you want to call it, uh, that they all seem to fit. And it's the hero's journey, but it's the hero with a thousand faces. So it's, it's really universal and it's for everybody, including all of us. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, so, essentially, then, what what this what this story is? I mean, if you've seen any of the Disney movies, if you've seen Harry Potter, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, if you've you know ever read mythology about uh, you know mythology from Rome or Greece or any you know any cultures and mythologies, really, these are these stories that uh, tell really you how to be human. They tell you how to live. They tell you how to make your way through the world. Uh, they also tell you kind of where you came from and where you're going. You know, Campbell had a, a way of, of of laying out mythology where he looked at um, four different levels. And, and he said, you know, mythology generally served four purposes um, for societies. There was there was a mystical there was a mystical element to it. So it would tell you mystical things, sort of a metaphysical element to it. There's a cosmological element to it. In other words, it's going to tell you about uh, the creation of the universe, you know, the purpose of it, where do we come from, where are we going, et cetera. There's a social element to it. How do I live with my you know, fellow human beings? And then there's a psychological component to it, which is how do I live with myself? How do I live with my soul? Uh, really, that's the one we'll probably focus on the most, the psychological element of it. Um, I've, I've found the most kind of use um, for, for, for that that particular um, interpretation. Uh, that's, you know, that's how I found mythology to be most useful personally. Uh, you, may, you may find otherwise, but we're going to kind of focus on that today. In other words, like how can you use this hero's journey? How can you look at this hero's journey so that you can maybe find out where you are in your own journey? And again, multiple things may be going on at a given time, um, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but you know, it kind of it helps you to situate yourself if you can understand the archetypal journey that, you know, that we're all on, you can kind of say, well, you know, maybe I'm stuck and I'm refusing the call and that'll make more sense when we talk about it, or I'm refusing to, you know, return with the boon. Again, that'll make more sense when we go over this stuff, but you know, you may find yourself at some phase in this mythology where you're stuck in your own life. And if you can kind of look at that, that, um, that symbol, you can say, oh, yeah, that's kind of what's going on at work. I'm, I'm stuck in this particular. I have this information that I need to present to people, but for some reason I'm holding back and I don't want to you know, make waves or whatever. So you, 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 know, so you might be able to use this mythology to apply 
uh, to apply to your own life and your own stuck areas. That's how I've always kind of felt it. It really helps. Um, you wrote your thesis on this very subject. And so, you know, I wanted to kind of get your view on that. How, how do you think people can apply this to, to their own lives? And how do you think it's valuable looking at this hero's journey, which we're going to go into today, so we can kind of contextualize it for people? Sure. Uh, well, just on what you um, just got done saying, uh, that it does tell us, you know, where we are along this journey and what to look out for um, and the pathway through. Because this is a journey that, you know, has a completion. <laughs> you know, it has all the steps. So if we can get on this journey and find out where we are, we can also see, oh, and then I have to do this and then I have to do that. Uh, or just what do yeah. I have to do next? Or maybe it'll tell you that, gosh, you know, um, there's a refusal of a call. Or like you said, the refusal of the return. Or maybe there's, you know, you're afraid to cross the threshold into this new, new realm. Um, you know, it tells you that, well, maybe what you're feeling is okay. Uh, this should be uncomfortable. You're going through an uncomfortable part of the journey. But, okay, now that we can see the path, it doesn't have to be scary. And we still have to continue on the journey. It kind of pulls you in and and it helps you, I think helps you along in a way, not just the information, but just the impetus, the motion of this journey. I think if we get on board, then we get caught in it and it helps us uh, inform us and that makes, motivate that us. That makes great sense. Uh, thank you for that. All right. So we're going to take a look at then, like we said, you know, we just kind of gave you some outlines of some of the, some of the stages. This is going to make a lot more sense now when we start going into each of those. So, uh, this comes, this particular setup, like I said, comes from uh, Vogler's book, V-O-G-L-E-R, The Writer's Journey, an excellent book uh, to get if you're a writer or if you're someone who's interested in mythology or story uh, in general. It's a very practical, uh, very no-nonsense way of looking at this. Joseph Campbell's work is excellent, and I highly recommend it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a little more dense, and you know, it requires more time to read. But if you if you enjoy, you know, reading about mythology and comparative mythology and so on, it will be right up your alley. So I highly recommend The Hero with a Thousand Faces as well. Both of these books are are excellent guides to the subject. So in Vogler's book, he has a sort of 12 step kind of journey model. Uh, Joseph Campbell's is a little bit different. It's a little more elaborate and it includes little subsets within these, but he Vogler follows Campbell's basic outline uh, nearly to a T. So this is a good one. I'm going to go over it really quickly. So it, it, it has the interesting thing about these 12 steps is that they fall into also a sort of a three stage uh, setup uh, in, in, in story talk. That is like the three acts in a story. If you've ever heard about that. So there's a first act, a second act and a third act, basically a beginning, middle and an end more or less. Uh, so you're looking at it in that way, and there's um, there's a separation, a stage of separation, stage of initiation, and a stage of return. So these 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 first um, these first four that we're going to look at are are the departure or the separation stage. And basically, what happens in stage one? So heroes are introduced in their ordinary world, ordinary world. That's where they're from. They receive. Uh, what's known as the call to adventure in step two, call to adventure. Uh, that's going to be the adventure itself, a calling of some sort to it. Three, they're generally reluctant at first and refuse the call. Uh, but if, if, they do, if they refuse the call, then uh, a mentor figure will come in. That's stage four, mentor figure. Uh, stage five is crossing the first threshold. And then they're entering that special world, that new world, where at stage six, they're going to encounter tests, allies, and enemies. At stage seven, they're going to approach generally the inmost cave, what's known as the inmost cave, and they're going to cross a second threshold. Uh, at stage eight, there's going to be an ordeal of difficulty, uh, maybe a life or death kind of thing that goes on. At number nine, they're going to take possession of uh, the boon or the, the reward or the knowledge uh, potion, what have you, that they're going to be bringing back uh, to their ordinary world, generally to save it 
They're generally needing to bring something back that saves the people in some fashion or another. At 10, they're pursued on that road back with that gift that they have or that reward. Uh, they're on their way back to their ordinary world and they're pursued on the road back. At 11, they cross the, the third threshold. They experience a resurrection of some sort uh, that gives them a transformation. And then the 12th stage uh, or step is the return with the elixir. That's where they're bringing back that that item that's going to save the tribe or save the world or save the universe, some sort of boon or treasure or knowledge that's going to benefit that ordinary world that they came from. So you can look at that as kind of a circular, circular motion. You know, you're going from the ordinary world out, experiencing all these things, learning, you know, along the way and having all these different epiphanies and understandings. And then you're coming back with something that's going to save the people that are in that ordinary world where you came from and you come back a different person. So that's more or less the hero's, the hero's journey outline. So we'll go into uh, to each of these steps, and it will make a lot more sense uh, as, we, as we go into that. And we'll use some examples from myth and from, from some movies and so on. It's going to have to be kind of brief, obviously, because we don't have a, a ton of time. But you'll get, a, you'll get a sense of it, and it'll get you moving in the right direction so you can at least understand these. And what's cool about this I find, and I want to hear your thoughts on it too. I, when you understand these these stories, when you have this outline, it really opens up the movies that you watch, the stories that you read, the myths that you read, and because because you've got kind of a framework to look at, and you can see where it's different, or where it follows very closely, or where it's um, you know where it varies or where they put more emphasis than other places and so on and when you look at comparative mythology or comparative stories you can see how those cultures emphasize different parts of this and it gives them their different flavors i find that fascinating do, do you like to look at movies and kind of use this sometimes and you know or when you're reading mythology do you kind of use this in the back of your mind and go oh that's different than this this type of mythology or something do, do you find that no, so you, not the first. You don't want to. Hopefully, yeah. the first time I watch a movie or read a story, I'm, I'm, I'm because that's the way it's presented, and that's I want to get the without benefit thinking. from it without having to do any work, and I don't want to peel the, you know, oh, what's behind the curtain? I don't even want to see the curtain. I want to experience the myth, the story, the movie, and connect with it. If I do now, if it's boring mm. or something, yeah, then I'll pick apart the, you know, set design and the cinematography yeah. and the. Yeah, you know what? That's a good. You know, whatever. You know, you know. I Uh, think actually, when I think about it, generally, I'm thinking about this stuff. If something isn't doing it, if it's not doing it correctly, if it's doing it correctly, I'm so sucked into the story that I'm not thinking, and I'll think about it afterward. Yeah, you're right. Shouldn't be noticing that stuff. Yeah, you're experiencing it, Uh, and that's what it is. It's an experience because this journey is an experience, and that's why movies are great because in a couple hours of your undivided attention, you can experience something. You come out feeling, you know, hopeful or you connect with something this character had to do. Like, man, if I could dig down deep and face that. Sure. And maybe I could break through and get the girl. Yeah, whatever happens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sure. Uh, But I love going back uh, on a second viewing or if it's a movie I've, you know, watched a hundred times to go back and uh, even challenge myself with, a type of a movie that takes place in a very short period of time and maybe in a very mm-hmm. limited environment, uh, like a character driven or yeah. Casablanca or something like that. Um, and you can, you know, and it's there. Yeah. All the good stories it's there. And um, interesting how some of these, you know, mentors, it could be, it could be your enemy. It could be your mentor. You know, they may show up in different um, forms, um, you know, in the inmost cave might be, you know, Rick's office above the casino at <laughs> Casablanca. Um, you know, yeah. he's not really going out there, but, but he is, he is crossing a threshold. He may go into a room and open the door, uh, and be a different person when he comes out. I mean, that's so that it's, you know, very psychological in, in this journey, because mm-hmm. even an epic journey, the Odyssey, you know, Star Wars, uh, yes, your body may be flinging across the universe, mm-hmm. you know, or the galaxy, I suppose, uh, on this quest. Um, 
but you're still having a psychological experience. You know, it's, why do you feel about that? What do you think about that? So, and which can also take place in a very limited environment in a short period of time. Um, but it's a journey and you can be changed um, in a short period of time with, with something very significant if you have that inward change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may not need the outer journey to get the inner goal yeah. or the inner well, need. And I think mostly these days, I mean, you know, most of us are not going out on an actual, you know, literal hero's journey out into the world and into the wilds and fighting monsters, obviously. So, you know, you've got to look at this symbolically and you've got to understand that, you know, some of this will take place in the outer world, you know, and enemies at work, quote unquote, or, you know, challenges you're facing on the, you know, on the football field or, you know, in the ring or something like that, or challenges you might face in your family life or what have you. Right. Uh, but in general, I mean, this, this is something that is, like you said, it's simultaneously occurring in the outer and inner world. So this is a process of transformation that's going on within. And that's why I'm saying this psychological outlook on this thing is a very important and, uh, and useful way of looking at it, thinking, okay, this, this symbolic, this journey that's going on in a story symbolically and mythologically is going on in my life inside in these following ways. And you kind of can, can think about it that way as well. Uh, that's a great point, though. You know, you shouldn't you shouldn't really get caught up in trying to look at the structure of the story as you're watching it, because you will lose the the transformational element of it if you try to pick it apart too soon. And that, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. But do go back and watch these things again, you know, these stories that you love and these movies that you love. Uh, and then, you know, give them a second look with, uh, with this framework and think about how they might apply to your own life and how they stick to this or vary from this, uh, this journey that we're going to look at real quickly. All right, so number one, the ordinary world. This is where we just start out where, you know, the hero is in their normal sort of mundane world. Um, that's the their the, their familiar place where they are. Uh, this might, and the hero is doing acting in a familiar yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going through the motions. Of, you know what I mean? It's the world, but it's also the attitude and the behavior and the thought train um, of the hero, and that has been yeah. doing it for yeah, a yeah. while. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? It's the, it's like the. It's pre uh, pre heroic journey, basically, right? So he hasn't got the attitude and the knowledge and the skills of the hero yet. It's just kind of I'm this normal person going through these these mundane things in my life. It was Dorothy on the farm. It was Luke on the farm. It's um, there's a well, sense they had an it. inkling for a, yeah. a faraway place or some other place, yeah. but it's very limited and yeah. there's no call. It's you know it's they know how to behave and how to live in that You know, in most stories, there is, there is the desire to go out and do something different. Uh, they just haven't started the journey yet. So the, 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 the sense is there, but you just see them in their ordinary world before the journey. Uh, so then into the next phase, it's the call to adventure. And now this is where actually there's a problem or some sort of challenge or an adventure that needs to be undertaken in order to save the tribe or save the world or save your family or just to grow and do something. Um, and they, that character then can no longer really kind of stay in that ordinary world. They're, they're either forced out of it by circumstances or something within them pushes them uh, to, to, to leave. Uh, so two, two things. And I, and I just, by, by the way, I just watched Star Wars. I got Disney plus. And so I've been very excitedly watching all the uh, Star Wars stuff and also all the old Disney classics. So Star Wars is uh the call to adventure is really when, um, when, when they buy R two D two, when 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 Luke and his uncle buy R two D two and C three PO, and Luke sees uh, the Princess Leia message that that is holographically um, projected by R two D two. That's kind of the beginning of the call. He has no idea what it means. Uh, you know, he's talking about old. He's talking about Obi Wan. She's talking about Obi Wan Kenobi. He knows of this guy called old Ben Kenobi and is thinking maybe that's him and all of that. So that's what's going on. That's that sort of call to adventure state. Um, I can't think of any other ones. It's, um, 
And there's 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 tons of them. An officer and a gentleman, if you've ever seen that. Um, that's the uh, the Navy flight school thing is going on is whether or not he's going to make it. Um, you have you know Dorothy's. Uh, will Dorothy get home? This is where the the questions are kind of posed at this call to adventure stage. We kind of wonder what's happening. It sets up this new thing. Then generally, the third stage is what's known as the refusal of the call. Refusal of the call. Generally speaking, in most in most of these stories, in some fashion or another, the hero will then go, you know, refuse to do the adventure. They'll refuse to take the adventure. Luke basically was kind of going, you know, I I'm not gonna I can't leave yet, and his uncle wanted him to stay on for another year on the farm, and he wanted to go off to flight school, uh, you know, to fight with the rebels against the Empire. Uh, but he was going to wait a year. His friends had already left and he felt, you know, he felt like he, he should, you know, he wanted to go, but he, he kind of acquiesced and said, no, I'll stay. That's fine. Um, and he, hmm? Well, look at this psychologically, what's happening. I mean, mm-hmm. he started out wanting to be a pilot. He, he, first thing, he doesn't want to be on the farm, but he has this responsibility or sense of it, sees a beautiful princess, meets the mentor who knew his father and gave him a weapon and told him about some magical mystery force and that, come on, let's go on this adventure. And then he still refused. So it seemed like it was tailor-made. It was like you couldn't have offered him something more to his liking or wanting. It just shows how powerful Mm. this resistance to change or being comfortable in your thing, even if it's something you really want. And then it shows up. It's like, oh my gosh. You know, so it's it's okay then. Yeah, good point. If you're feeling that, uh, uh, because this myth yeah, tells us that was a great segue into the fourth uh, step is that mentor, that wise uh, old man or woman figure that comes in, and as we said in Star Wars, that's uh, the figure of Obi Wan Kenobi, Ben Kenobi, and uh, like like you said, he he gave Luke the lightsaber. He inter- you know, he was introduced to him, and so on. And this is all before he's actually agreed to go on the, on the on the adventure. Obi Wan himself actually asked asked him be, uh, to to go, and he said, you know, I can't do that. I've got to stay here. Got... And, and and Ben, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi said, yeah, okay, that's 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 fine. You have to do what you have to do, basically. So then. That, so that mentor figure usually comes along at some point to to push the hero to the next level. They're going to teach them some of the skills they need to know. And again, these things will happen in different order in different films. Um, but mentor figures, um, for example, like in uh, in Lord of the Rings would be like Gandalf would be a mentor type figure, a wise old man or woman. Often it's a wizard like Merlin in the Arthurian legends. Um, it could be a, a, a wise old woman as well. That happens oftentimes in, in Harry Potter. You have, um, you know, the headmistress of the school uh, who's a wise figure. Uh, there's also wise old men figures as well um, in that. So they, they, have, they have both characters. Uh, and then what happens at the next phase is that you have what's called, uh, this is phase five, crossing the first threshold. So in Star Wars, to get back to Star Wars, after all the denial, after the meeting with the mentor, after him getting the lightsaber and the whole nine yards, uh, Luke actually, they're out in, he's out with Ben Kenobi and, and uh, they, they, they rescued R2-D2, who was, who was trying, to, to, trying to find Princess Leia on his own, basically. Um, and then, uh, then uh, he has he has to run back to back to the farm. Basically, at that point, it that he finds out that his, his aunt and uncle have been killed by the, uh, the stormtroopers, uh, by the Empire, and so that's basically when he decides that he will go because he has nothing to stay for. Uh, so he has at that point then crossed that first threshold, which is the actual commitment to the adventure, commitment to the adventure. So. And it's also the threshold between that exactly, first exactly. stage and the second stage. From the or it's the last day of the ordinary world, and it's the first day. Well, yeah. So we're crossing from separation or departure into uh, the initiation phase, right? 
Yeah. So it's a bridge. It is exactly. Mm -hmm. It's Um, a bridge. So in, in, if, if you've seen uh, Wizard of Oz, that's when, when Dorothy actually sets out on the yellow brick road. Um, You know, so that's a pretty clear one. You can see that it's when the adventure actually begins in a lot of movies, it actually is literally the character setting out on the road somewhere. They finally, they start the journey on to wherever they're headed. So then you head into the next phase, which is, uh, which is phase six. And this is the tests, uh, allies and enemies phase. So this is an interesting one. And this, you, you do see a lot in adventure stories and in, um, in mythological t- tales and sort of like, uh, a lot of the uh, the adventure movies from the '80s and even westerns have this this theme, and this is in a lot of a lot of modern stories as well. But this these this test allies and enemies phase will often begin in a bar or some dark, shady kind of place, some underworld place or something, or you know, a, a back alley casino or something like that. You know, there's there's this kind of test that'll go on in there a gunfight or some kind of confrontation where you begin to see that oh this new world that we're heading into is a dangerous place and it kind of starts to set up the rules of that that new world you begin to see that there's you know there's sort of a life and death feel to it and it's it's pretty scary place and again in, in star wars it is an actual cantina it's a saloon and you see all these different aliens in there uh, it's where he meets Han Solo, who eventually becomes a sort of partner on the journey. Um, you know, you see some of the things they're setting out for later on in the story. You know, there's there's something uh, where one of the one of the bounty hunters is coming for Han Solo. That's going to figure into the next phases in the story and so on, which we don't see in the first Star Wars, but later on. Uh, so those are some of the enemies. Um, you know, and it, then you you know it it sets up the kind of story to to where we're going to see. All right, here's the next phase. In Casablanca, right? You just said you said like Rick's Rick's Cafe is the kind of the place where that happened. There's like alliances there and intrigues and people are trying to get paperwork and there's different things going on, right? So that's kind of sets up that world and uh in that story. Um so you'll see a little bit of the development of the character. Characters are tested. Um, you know, again, they learn new skills, yeah. You learn new skills as well from the mentor. They learn about themselves. They learn about the tools mm-hmm. um, to use these uh, you know, skills, utilize these skills. And also, like you said, the world, because yeah. this is a new world yeah. and there are different rules. Sure. Which means sure. you can actually do more uh, or do things in a different way that you weren't able to do in the ordinary world. And that's part of this initiation is becoming less like you were then <laughs> kind of removing that garment of the ordinary world. And really yeah, exactly. And you know, I would think about that. Like, for example, in one's own life, uh, if you look at your own life, you might say, well, this, this test allies and enemies phase might be uh, when you get a new job, if you're, you know, it's a completely new situation. You're thrown into this, this arena where there's all these people and you don't know who's on your side and you don't know who your enemy is. And as you kind of make your way around and see people that you can rely on, see people you need to steer clear of, you know, this boss is a, you know, is, is, a, is, a, you know, is unfair and steals your work. And this one is fair. And you got, you know what I mean? You start to see the whole world and how it unfolds. That might be something in a career sort of, sense that you know people might be might be dealing with um sure you know launching your online sure, business sure. or something that's a that's a threshold mm. and these are almost rites of passage that we see in myths and in movies and uh, and these rites are what help us yeah that's a great point they help these us kind passage. of get to the next phase of it don't they so they don't get stuck there and I think that's the big part of, of looking at this psychologically is thinking, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm stuck in a certain phase here in my life and I need to move on. I need to look, maybe I need to look for a mentor. Maybe I need to look for some wise guidance to get out of this. Or maybe I need to see, you know, maybe I need to test myself. Sure. That's another Or maybe you need maybe to let your mentor to, go. 
If you're sure. constantly taking classes and looking for the next Good guru, point. it's like, well, Good point. maybe you know enough yeah, <laughs> to get point. out there in the world. All right, so the next so, uh, yeah, phase yeah. is then uh, uh, what, phase seven. This is going to be what's called the approach to the inmost cave. Uh, this is going to be a very dangerous place. Uh, it, it's the edge. Of, it's where they're at the sort of the edge of a dangerous place. Uh, it could be underground. Oftentimes in these mythological stories, especially, um, particularly in, in fantasy stories and, um, you know, these sort of Tolkien-esque kind of, you know, Lord of the Rings type stories, it will literally be underground. In mythology, it may be in the underworld, uh, the actual underworld, maybe Orpheus going to uh, uh, rescue Eurydice. It may be Inanna going down into um, the underworld uh, to to uh, save her husband, um, uh, Demus. Um, in the Sumerian legend, it might be you know some. Uh, I mean, there's there's countless variations of this. It could be a character going into a cave and dying and being reborn, for example. Uh, but this is the approach. Yeah, in Star well, in Wars, Star Wars think, what would this be? Right? This would be when they were getting sucked into the Death Star, right? It would be when they were they were getting pulled in because the Death Star is is the right. uh, is the goal. The goal is to, for the for for them to destroy this. You know, they have the plans for it. So now they 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 need to uh, they need to find out more. Inf- well, they actually no, they don't need to find out more information about it. They could just get pulled into it before they before they need to destroy and they're actually not ready to do this yet because they don't have yeah. all the information or the skills to do it yet so uh, th- this is before the hero is ready for that actual it's suck you're sucked in you're sucked in it sucks you in you can get sucked into the myth yeah, yeah. and you have uh, yeah. to you have to go you have to go to the next phase the next step and yeah so if, although these, now uh, that i think okay so now that i think that actually they were they were they were on their way to rescue princess leia they just got pulled into the Death Star and didn't, you know, they didn't want to go. They were trying to figure out a, a way to deal with it, but they were just pulled into the into the cave, basically. So it's you. Yes, exactly. And they exactly. didn't even know she was there at that point. That's a good point. So there's more yeah. to be revealed. Uh, so then we move on from as there this goes on to that inmost cave uh, phase or approach to the inmost cave ordeal now this is where they're in the midst of it they're really in the middle of it you know that the approach to the inmost cave is like the the pulling in phase it's the getting sucked in the moving down underground whatever it is the ordeal is when bang i mean it's they're in it they're in it right they might call that a, a dark moment or uh some sort of a uh something happens where you might think the character's actually dead or it seems like the end of the road they're literally gonna you know fall off a cliff or something um in in Star Wars, that phase would have been uh, when they were down in the the the, tra- uh, the trash masher, the trash compactor, uh, and so they're all they're all down there after fighting some stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. They jump down into this in this trash compactor, try to get away from getting shot, uh, and they're literally in this thing, and the walls start closing in, and also there's a monster in there that pulls Luke under, and Luke is the hero of the story, so you know we're following him. Uh, he, you don't know if he's going to come up or not. I mean, he's down underwater for a long time, and you actually think he's, he's he might be dead. And then he, you know, he finally bursts out of the water, gasping for air, and that's that sort of thing where you're like, "Is this what's going to happen?" You don't know. So that's that ordeal. Um, in Wizard of Oz, uh, they're trapped by the Wicked Witch. All of them, all Dorothy and all the and all her friends. Um, you know, there's ordeals, uh, you know, like in Officer and a Gentleman is a good example. If you've seen that film, it's with the drill instructor, Lou Gossett Jr. Um, Goose gets killed in Top Gun. There you go. Or when Goose gets go. killed That's in Top Gun. a major ordeal. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's also another test. Yeah. Um, for the hero. It's how do they how do they function with, through the ordeal? A lot of times, this is when the mentor gets killed off, yep. or either taken away, or you leave the tutelage of the mentor because this part of the journey you have to yeah. start moving from your inside out, not from all the stuff around you that you're learning. And you got the sword, and you get the skill, and you got the mentor and the wizard. Okay, now exactly you become that, the wizard. That this is the beginning that of that. 
symbolize that that okay you're coming up as it like when luke went down it's almost like he was you know being baptized into being a hero he's did you know dead for a moment then he's reborn and there's a whole you know they're able to actually he's able to actually in the end you know accomplish his mission but it's that's that's that phase where just like you said that you know maybe the mentor dies you've got to take things on yourself and you realize like okay i've got to move you know into into this on with my own knowledge now i have to you know i have to be reborn into something different transformed right there's multiple transformation phases in these journeys but this is just the first one this is like the first resurrection there's a second one that'll be coming up uh so this second the the ninth phase is now when we're moving to what's called the reward uh, or seizing the sword Oftentimes it's literally, you know, getting a sword or a weapon, not in, in Star Wars case, because Luke got his special weapon at the beginning. Uh, but this might be like in the sword in the stone, for example, or in the Arthurian legends where, you know, the, the sword's coming out of the, the lake from the Lady of the Lake. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're seizing something, you're finding some sort of reward or some kind of new skill or some kind of uh, some kind of boon or something like that that you're that you're trying to seek on this journey. And you actually take possession of it, right? Mm. Mm. It can also be knowledge. It can also be some hidden, otherwise previously unknown to you, information, uh, a revelation of sorts uh, that maybe sets something at ease uh, in your psyche, in your soul, um, that can help you through, again, you're talking about transformation and it is on uh, multiple levels, Uh, but whatever you're Mm -hmm. really going to need uh, for this next phase, um, it's, it's owning it. You've learned about it. You've been given it. You've had tests and gone through ordeals. Mm -hmm. This is claiming it. This is putting your name. There's a claiming this uh, to it. That's even a word, not just grabbing it, but you're, this is mine. I have this, or I have this. You found an inner. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, you're embodying that resolve. change or that transformation. I really own it. Uh, you know, it's, this is not the end of the story. Yeah, uh, this is almost the end of the story. But uh, yeah, right. Uh, so we move to the next phase, which it's almost is almost the beginning uh, of the end. 10, uh, step ten: the road back. So the hero's not out of it yet. Um, you know, we're crossing into Act Three. Uh, that third phase, we're moving into the uh, the return phase. So we went through uh, the separation or departure into initiation, and now we're moving into the return of that three-step process that, I, that we outlined at the beginning. So now we're into the return. This is the road back. Um, now, if you haven't dealt with some stuff, if there's loose ends, if there's something that hasn't been reconciled, if there's something that hasn't been faced about the journey, this is where it's going to come at you. So oftentimes on the road back, you're going to get attacked by something. Hostile forces are going to come after you. Um, There's a lot of chase scenes and exciting battles a lot of times in this road back phase, right? Um, It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. And it's not easy. I think that's the point of this. It is another threshold because you have to now leave this supernatural world that you've been in um and there can be a reluctance you want to stay there now that you know this new world and you know how to work it yeah why not stay there oh now i got to go back yeah so it's uh it is a also a right yeah exactly going exactly like and i was was kind of just i don't know why my mind wandered to 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 a thought of 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 a story but i was thinking about the buddha and you know he's on the edge of enlightenment and he's he's his the final sort of attack when he's sitting under the bodhi bodhi tree the bow tree meditating uh, he's assailed with all these temptations and then he's assailed with all these uh, attacks by these 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 different demons showering him with arrows and so on and he's, he's eventually he's protected from this uh, but but that's you know that's this sort of final attack on him before he's he reaches enlightenment before he reaches nirvana and then that leads us into stage 11, which is that resurrection. So in the Buddhist case, the resurrection is the nirvana. He finds that enlightenment. He finds release, release from the samsara of this world. And he, and he moves past that, those, that, the, the illusions uh, uh, of the temporal world. 
Um, and of course, this resurrection phase could be an actual resurrection. A, a, a character could die and be reborn. They, maybe they're reborn by a by magic, or they're brought back to life by another by a potion or an elixir or something like that. There's literally a death and a, and a rebirth in some stories. Um, yes, and what's always going to die and be reborn is the character or the hero from step one when they were in the ordinary world, when this whole thing began, this is the last vestige of that. Again, like a temptation, an earthly temptation or, you know, carnal or something, if you're going in the, in the cloth, um, that this is, it squeezes the last little bit of it out of you um, because you can't take that back. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, exactly. You know, to, and you have to be reborn. You are now, you are you are the wizard. You know you are the the knight. Now you are the uh, the person who you need to be to go get the girl that you lost <laughs> during Act Two because you didn't give up some of your old behaviors. This is the last last bit of the old you, um, you know, that gets pushed out so that the new you can really fully live and thrive. The one that you've been developing. Exactly. Good point. Uh, this throughout the. Uh, in- initiatory process you know in ritual societies in uh you know more sort of archaic societies and tribal culture uh this this phase would be when the warriors would come back from a battle you literally have blood on your hands and you've got to be separated for some sort of ritual to to sort of be in a sense to be resurrected to be brought back safely into the tribe so you don't cause any problem so you don't come back mm. with that fury that mars energy that death on your hands that's going to threaten the tribe itself so the resurrection also contains an element of purification purification right mm. yeah because the next phase we're going to lead right into uh, that next really phase, which point. is the return yeah. with the elixir the return turn with the saving boon as it's called in some cases uh, so you're bringing something back this is the final phase of it. And the hero is actually returning now to the ordinary world. Uh, back to step one, like you just talked about, back to this, you know, the ordinary world where they came from. But it's, a com- it's completely transformed. Yeah, and, he's, and he or she is bringing back that elixir, that knowledge, that treasure, that lesson that's going to help the, the people, that's going to save the tribe, that's going to move things forward, that's going to bring a better life that's going to heal the crops or whatever it's going to do uh, in these different stories. Right. Right. And this, what really gets returned, what the real elixir is, is this transformed hero. That's what the tribe needs. That's what the fighter squadron needs. You know, they need a hero. They need somebody who can lead them through this. Yes, they may have the knowledge or the technology or the sacred stone or whatever they had to bring back. Uh, but Luke returns with the force and used it. And so it's a return of you know, this, this old outmoded um, you know, wisdom teaching that was successful. And uh, it's because they're inseparable. Let's put it that way. Whatever you come back with is really inseparable from you. Because you are transformed. Yeah, that's a great well. point. And that is you know, also in, in what some the people. Need. I don't know why, but I was just kind of thinking. In some stories, like it, you know, it'll also, you know, it could be represented by some symbolic object they're bringing back, like Prometheus bringing fire to the people. You know, it may, you know, it's representing this sort of knowledge or the spiritual wisdom or something, or even something useful that changes society. Some piece of technology that's going to change the course of of life for that particular civilization it might be writing. Or, or some new form of magic or something. Just really, it really depends. I mean, you can see these, these, these symbolic things in, you know, at work in all these, in all these different stories. So, you know, for, for, if we apply it to our own psychology, this is where, you know, we start to recognize our, you know, the, the wins, we recognize the things we've learned, we apply them to our, our life. We're able to, uh, the the challenges the bumps the bruises the defeats uh the wins all of the various things that have happened and we can actually apply them and and use them to to live our lives in a better and different way because we're transformed within 
Uh, so that's that's how it plays out on a psychological level. And again, like if if we find ourselves, uh, you know, having difficulty in our life adjusting to a certain situation or banging our heads against a wall in a certain area or whatever, we might want to look at this uh, this journey and look at these different phases and say, okay, I might be in, you know, in the middle of the ordeal, for example, and I need to look around for allies and I need to kind of see uh, see what I need to do here to move on to uh, the next phase, or I might have already traveled this journey, but for some reason I, you know, I just can't seem to, we talked about this a little bit before, but some, you know, there's a, there's sometimes there's a refusal of a return. Uh, He didn't talk about that in this phase, but that's a big, that's a big phase that would happen during, uh, it might be before that resurrection phase, or it could be during that resurrection phase. In fact, I think of Buddha himself, as we talked about, um, after his enlightenment, you know, he complained to the gods that he couldn't possibly explain what he had done to people. You know, he couldn't, he wouldn't be able to explain the experience that he had. It would be useless for him to even talk about it. And they had to talk him into going back and, you know, and sharing the Dharma, sharing the wisdom with people. So you can be, you know, you may, or you may just be at a phase in your life, for example, where you know something and, you know what you want to do and you, you have all the talents and abilities to do it, but something within is holding you back. There's fear or there's, uh, there's some sort of, you know, hang up or something like that. And you just, you know, you refuse to return with that elixir, let's say, let's say you've got your PhD, everything's done. And, you know, you're a year out and, you know, and you, you, you want to teach, but you don't know where, you know, you, you don't know what university you want to work at or something like that. So you end up just sitting around and reading book after book after book and thinking, okay, I'm going to just go do postdoctoral work now. And I want to, you know, study more and study more. And so you went as far as you can go. You know what I mean? And now you need to return with that information and share it, let's say. Uh, so, so you might need, you know, so people are at different phases and we're at different phases in different parts of, of your life. You know, you talked about that before uh, on our, on the previous one that we did. Um, how you might have multiple journeys going on, right? Definitely. And there's, you know, the big journey, I guess, <laughs> um, getting born into this world um, and uh, returning to wherever we came from, I guess, at the end. Uh, but throughout it, yes, the career you talked about, um, you know, it's where we go from uh, being a child or <laughs> world and the call to adventure as a teenager and, refusal maybe you're not allowed to go um but then you fall into some older kids and you leave the house and go off to college and you find you know you learn how to drink you do uh you work you travel join the peace corps you do all this stuff um and then at some point you know keeping with the child parent theme um going um, you meet the girl you meet the guy whatever it takes and then you have uh the child then you become the parent you could get stuck in, well, I'm just a child. Well, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to be off on this adventure. Well, I have to sow my oats. I have to do this. Uh, if that's one part of your path is parenthood, um, this you have to let go of some of that part of your past, and then you become a parent. And then that starts over, and then it's the beginning of a new journey. That's a call to adventure. You've left your ordinary world of not being a parent. So the baby's born. Now you're now you're off on a whole nother journey. So, yes, it, they come right after each other. Um, but seeing this framework really, you know, shows like where on this part of the journey of where am I right now? Where do I need to go? And and this refusal of the return. That's when you have to finish your novel and publish it. That's when you have to. You know, yeah. put up your one man show or play the songs for the people or something, you know, that you, that you wrote. There's a vulnerability. Um, there's this, you know, am I good enough? Am I enough? Um, you know, a lot of that going on, a lot of fears, um, you know, ridicule, or maybe it's maybe no one will care. <laughs> um, you know, uh, there can be many ways of getting stuck uh, in this. But if you look at the journey saying, oh, actually, it's it's part of my responsibility. Um, if I've already taken yeah. the first nine steps of this journey, well, I think I need 10 and 11 and 12 too. Um, you know what I mean? That's what I mean about the, the journey can pull you along. You can see, oh gosh, I've been around here for a long time. It's time to make the next phase. 
And this even goes back to classical mythology with Odysseus in the Odyssey. Uh, he spent right this part, this threshold before the return, uh, he was on an island with Calypso for like seven years of the 10 years of this journey, you know, this epic journey, seven of those were spent yeah. not coming back. <laughs> um, and he had still more, some more transformation to do, but uh, there was a long delayed, he was like, ah, this is good enough. I'll just stay here um, until, That's you know, a great the, point. it's almost like a new call. It was a call for the return. Um, and, uh, and then he had to get back out and, and finish it up. <laughs> it, it happened. Uh, so exactly. it's, it happens. Okay. So go easy on yourself. Also, you know, it's, you know, um, well, and I think there's also is, the next step. Yeah, exactly. And you have and to I get over this it. This is an ongoing, an ongoing process. It's continuing going. You're never going to finish the journey until, you know, until you're, until you're dying. And even then you're journeying to a, a new world. Um, but you know, these, the, you know, so I think this is almost like a, it's almost like a spiral in a way that's spiraling upward. So there's a constant, you know, there's constant kind of beginning, middles and ends and hero's journey themes going on in different areas of your life. And, you know, in the macro of it, like from, you know, birth to, to you know, to, to mid, you know, to midlife, to, to death, to rebirth. But then there's also this idea of, you know, with different phases, like in your relationships and your career, you know, you may have a, yes, you may have a successful career in the first part of your life. And, you know, then when you hit 45, 50 years old, you may go you know what, this isn't working anymore. I need a whole new career. I'm not ready to retire yet, but I want to do something completely different. You may be starting over and you're starting that hero's journey over yet again. Uh, but again, you're bringing with you the things that you've learned up until that point. So then it's a new kind of a journey. Mm -hmm. It's a different level on the spiraling upward of this circular journey. Uh, so, so if you keep that in mind, you know, it's an ongoing process. So I think that, you know, I think this can really help if you if you sort of understand it and you get kind of this basic outline and, 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 under, and watch, you know, watch some of these movies and thinking about them. Or if you've seen some of these movies that we're talking about, like the original Star Wars, which is now episode five in New Hope, they call it. Or The Lion King is a great example of this. Top Gun, like you said, um, Officer and a Gentleman. Kind of go back and some watch, watch some of these older older movies. It's a little bit easier to see the structure than in some of the newer movies because a lot of the newer movies are a little less linear and they don't follow this methodology as much anymore. Some of the superhero stories have this in it now. Some of the Marvels and DC stories have this, but yeah, it's not as, not as, not as clearly. You're going to see it more in the Disney movies, the older ones. Uh, I mean, the Lion King is is a is an absolute like it follows it point by point. Uh, it's it's easy to see it in that movie, uh, but most most of the Disney films are like that. And again, Star Wars. I mean, George Lucas himself. We didn't even talk about this before that, but uh, Joseph Campbell and um, Bill Moyers did an interview uh, called uh, "The Power of Myth" that was on PBS, and I think it was like eighty eight, eighty seven, eighty eight, something like that. I actually saw that. And that literally changed, you know, the course of my life. I mean, I, I was always interested in mythology and religion from the time I was very, very young. But this like gave me this perspective, this comparative pers perspective that I hadn't been introduced to before. And it, and it introduces you to this story structure. So that is a, a great, great reference um, to, to go back and check out. You, you, you saw that, right, on PBS back in the day? I did. Yeah, I was again already interested in uh, things like that, but and I got the book. Oh yeah, the big, uh, the big color one, book right? with a lot the of pictures <laughs> that had um, yeah. excerpts from the interviews. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Star Wars. I was a huge Star Wars fan when it first came out. I saw it in the seventies, you know, as a kid when it when it came out. Yeah, me, me as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was very relevant yeah. to me. I mean, it really fit in. Uh, but I was blown away by this monomyth, though. This sure. Whole, you know, that it appears so many, but I was like, well, why, you know, what is it about this? And, you know, it's been said that myths are stored in our bodies. You know, this is part of our DNA almost, uh, or, or maybe totally uh, part of that. It's somehow ingrained and embedded. It's not just in the stories of our culture, of our time, yeah. Western civilization. Or, it's universal. Uh, yeah. It's more than that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of who we are, you know, it's, uh, or in that murky area, you know, that we all seem to connect with. 
and I think that's just fascinating. But what's interesting, uh, moreover, is that, you know, what is it about this story that I connect with? And I could, I could care less about, you know, this whole slew of other stories that people are all nuts about. Yeah. Um, but this one, uh, and that character, I just, I could watch that a hundred times, you know, what is, I'm not even like that guy. I don't even do what he does. Um, I've never been in that situation sure. or will I, uh, but there's some level of relating. And I think this is where we see ourselves or there's a part of ourselves that we need to see because what happens in a lot of these transformative, you know, movies and, and myths is that when the hero towards the end, you know, becomes this new person, um, there's, you know, it tells us, you know, that we can become renewed. You know, maybe that's the call. Maybe even watching one of these movies, there's an urging or a, uh, an inkling um, toward maybe something bigger in my life. Maybe if I let go of some of these older things that aren't suiting me and like this hero of this movie or this, this tale, um, maybe that's going on in me, in my mm. way. It may not be one-to-one, -one, you know what I mean? I'm not a boxer, but I can relate to Rocky. Um, you know, it's because there's something about could have been somebody. Sure. Yeah, um, good point. Well, that maybe you still can. It's like, then we all have hope. That's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not you know, too old to, to become the, you know, the person we were meant to be. So uh, look for what yeah, inspires you. Look for what you resonate with you. Or even those characters that really bug you. tell you even more. That really push yeah. your buttons. Uh, maybe telling you something about yourself that you need to know. I mean, maybe there's, mm. you know, maybe you're a really nice, agreeable person. And, you know, you find yourself watching all these stories with these sort of anti-hero characters that are kind of violent and, you know, really, you know, stand up for themselves violently and, you know, tend to act out in the world and so on. Maybe there's a part of yourself in the, what you know, what we call the shadow is sort of part of yourself that's unowned and unacknowledged Maybe you need a little more assertiveness or aggressiveness in your in your personality to to protect yourself out there in the workplace and in life and in the marketplace and so on. Uh, so maybe you know you can you can recognize that or these certain types of themes in movies and stories that you keep seeing over and over again that tells you it's going to tell you something about uh, your own life, something that might be missing or something you need more of or something you want to focus more attention on. Um, things like that. So you can learn a great deal about yourself by looking at these characters. You can call these, uh, these, these ideas, archetypal ideas, archetypal characters. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 those sort of energies are these kind of matrixes, uh, these sort of potentialities that are within us and within everyone. They're universal amongst humans. The hero is one type of archetype. The wise old man is an archetype. Love itself is, is an archetypal energy. Uh, motherhood, fatherhood, these are archetypes, archetypal energies that exist within us. And the, the, the reason why these myths resonate with us is because we have that potentiality, that archetypal potentiality within ourselves. And they're just feeding back to us something that's already in there and lighting it up. Really, that's what's going on when we hear a story or watch a movie or see a piece of art that has these characters. It resonates with us because that, that thing is within us. There's a there's a Mars energy within us when we see the god Mars. There's a Zeus energy within us. There's an Aphrodite within us. You know, there's a Gilgamesh within us. There's a, a Han Solo within us. There's a Boba Fett in there. You know, there's a Princess Leia. And it's like those are those are archetypal characters and energies that exist within all of us. And sometimes sometimes they need more expression. Sometimes they need some attention from you. And you might be neglecting those parts of yourself. Uh, so that's something to look at. So I think we've hit on a lot of the things we wanted to touch on. Do you have anything else to add? I think we're about at the end here. Do you want to wrap it up? Yeah. I like where you're just going with that, that it's lighting up these hidden parts in our shadow that uh, yeah, we need to look point. at, we need to pay attention to. Maybe we need to bring back into the fold and reintegrate. Maybe they're calling it for healing. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a part part of us that needs to know that it's okay. Yeah, and we're in a different place now than we were when this horrible thing happened, or something. 
you know, and we'll get yeah, through Yeah, for sure. You know? That's a good, so, that's yeah, a good I, point. I like what you said. Let's yeah, I would, I would keep going with Well, that. for today, though, I think that's going to be another it show, for us. But, uh, I like uh, that. The Writer's Journey, Christopher Vogler, uh, Joseph Campbell's Hero with a Thousand Faces. Uh, if you can check out The Power of Myth, it is available. It's probably available somewhere for free online, but they, you can also pay, you can pay for it on, on Amazon. I, I actually did. It's, uh, it's available through Amazon Prime if you want to purchase it through there so you can get the series and watch that. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, and think about these things a little bit. And of course, Jung's work, Eliade's work, Joseph Campbell's work, Otto Ronk, Adolf Bastian. Uh, these are all some of the famous figures that, that, that investigated this work and many, many others. Uh, we can't go into all of them. But thank you again for, for joining us. We appreciate you guys being here. I hope this was of some value to you and you get something out of this hero's journey. You know, be that hero in your own life. See where you are on this journey and take, take heart and know that, you know, we're all going through this hero's journey. And, you know, there's always there's always hope and there is always a, 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 an ultimate source to call out to for help along the journey, even if it's not there for you in human form. So don't be afraid to call out to the source, to the universal mind, to God, uh, if you need guidance on that journey. Um, and, you know, you'll you'll get the mentors and the information and the next steps that you need. Uh, so, again, thank you for joining us. We're at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye if you'd like to make a donation or at CosmicEye.org if you, if you want to check out uh, stuff about us. Um, we have a lot of past episodes. We do a Friday show as well with uh, Emmett Fox themes from, use and use, uh, excuse me, from Find and Use Your Inner Power. So that's every Friday. And then our Sunday show is, of course, these longer uh, shows that we do. Uh, Chris has a book called The Spirit in the Sky, and I would highly recommend that. Chris goes into his spiritual journey and some of the challenges he's faced in his life. And it's very epic, uh, very much a hero's journey. And... Um, in fact, you know, we didn't really talk about it much, but uh, also you're, uh, you kind of use this hero's journey model on, on your uh, Academy Award winning short that you did, right? Walk This Way? Personal documentary. Yep. That's exactly how I edited it. I had, I w on that part of the journey, I was ready to give up, <laughs> can the whole thing, uh, but it saved me. Uh, all right. So that is that for today. Please join us again next week. Thank you for, for being here. Uh, have a great week. Uh, we wish you all the best. We're praying for you during these challenging times, and we know things are going to come out better down the road. Uh, goodbye, and God bless.